Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Marcello. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Auburn football right now is 3-1. and one. That's all you know. They're heading into a not necessarily a crucial game, but a game in which they need to show some improvement uh, against Southern Miss on Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock kickoff time on the SEC Network. We're going to talk later in the show with Cole Kublick of the SEC Network, former Auburn letterman and, of course, co-host of the three-man front radio program on Jocks FM in Birmingham and across the, the nation and the world, if you listen online. But uh, I wanted to focus a lot on this podcast about uh, Auburn's offense. I know the defense has been playing great, so like the one constant you can kind of count on for Auburn. So there's not really a lot to dissect when someone's playing great, of course. You can talk about how great an individual player is, and we've done that as well at AuburnUndercover.com, especially with Deshaun Davis and the play of the linebackers and that defensive line. And then when there are weaknesses, such as giving up third and longs, we've also dissected that at AuburnUndercover.com. But the thing that's holding Auburn back right now from potentially, and I say this potentially, uh, contending for a championship this year has been the offense. And as we saw last week against Arkansas, uh, wasn't a lot to write home about, so to speak. Uh, Auburn only had 225 yards of offense, including only 91 yards on the ground. It's one of the worst rushing performances in Auburn history that went along with the win. Of course, defense and special teams carried the day for Auburn. Special teams led to 24 points for the Tigers. Now, the offense didn't hit any big plays down the field. The longest pass play was 42 yards, I believe, uh, to Anthony Schwartz, but that was off a screen pass from Jarrett Stidham. And we're going to talk more with Cole about this. I want to get his opinion on just what's going on with Auburn's offense. I think we all know that the offensive line hasn't quite played up to what everybody was kind of hoping for, though a lot of people knew that it was probably going to be the weak link. And J.B. Grimes, the offensive line coach, said as much back in the summer. But I think the thing that's kind of popped up that's very surprising, at least to me, is the play of Jarrett Stidham, the quarterback, of course, for Auburn. He's he's missing receivers, um, I, and I don't know if it's because of his confidence. I don't know if it's simply that he's just not seeing them. I don't know if he's putting his eyes down when he thinks thinks there's a rush coming or even when there's not a rush coming, he's putting his eyes down, thinking too hard about trying to get out of the pocket and save himself from a sack and possibly a turnover. Maybe he doesn't want to throw the ball because he feels like it's going to get picked off. It just seems like Jarrett Stidham's not quite himself. He's not the Jarrett Stidham we saw last year. uh, And and that's bothersome if you're an Auburn fan. It's got to be. Uh, Jarrett Stidham, an explosive plays of 25 yards or more uh, in the passing game. He was ranked in the top 15 nationally. This year, I know it's only through four games, but four games is a third of the season. Through four games, he is tied for last in the nation among starters to have thrown 75 passes or more in explosive plays. That's a bad thing because what Auburn has been known for throughout the Gus Malzahn era is a strong running game mixed in with the run play action that leads to big pass plays. And Auburn has not been explosive in either the run game or the passing game. And I think what's going to be something you really need to watch this weekend against Southern Miss is that Southern Miss, yes, has a top 10 defense. Have they played anybody really all that well? No, they haven't played great teams. They've played Rice, ULM. But they don't allow anything to go over the top of their heads. 
They're, I believe, number three in the nation or tied for number three in the nation in that same category I was talking about that Jared Stidham's last in, and that's in explosive plays allowed in the passing game. They've only allowed just a couple of 25-yard passes this season. So, Jarrett Stidham, just when you think, hey, Southern misses a chance to kind of work out some kinks, maybe not necessarily it is. But if he does get some of those big passes down the field, that's a good sign going forward because the not-conference games, Southern Miss and obviously Alabama State, those are going to be over after Saturday. And then it's nothing but SEC games until mid-November when they get that pretty much a bye week against Liberty before they go to Alabama. So this is the crucial stretch coming up. And Auburn has got to show some life on offense in this game against the Golden Eagles. If they don't, I'm not saying Auburn's going to lose, but if they don't, I don't know if this is a team that is going to be contending for a championship, let alone getting to nine or 10 wins. This might be a team that looks more like a seven or eight win team with a really great defense, but one in which can't carry the team all the way to the finish line. It needs some help from that offense. And unless Jared Stidham kind of gets out of this funk and the offensive line starts playing a lot better, I don't know if Auburn's going to be able to score enough points to kind of hold that defense uh, out of the fire because a defense can only be on the field for so long before they start to tire a little bit. I think we saw it against LSU a couple weeks ago. They were on the field for so long that led to some breakdowns. And then obviously the pass interference calls, which we've talked about on this program already before. But Auburn has got to find a way to do something offensively to help that defense. They're playing championship-level defense. They're allowing less than like 13 points a game. That is definitely championship-level defense. The offense, this offense is right now among the worst I've seen coached by Gus Malzahn. Can it turn things around? Certainly. In fact, we've seen it through the Gus Malzahn eras at Arkansas State, Auburn, Arkansas, Tulsa. They kind of get revved up at about this point in the year. So if you don't see Auburn doing well offensively this week and next week against Mississippi State, start. that's when you need to start worrying. And I even said that in that game against Arkansas going in that if they didn't show some signs of moving forward, you need to start worrying. Well, things were kind of tweaked a little bit because they lost three players, two of them starters, Jalen Harris, a tight end, Nate Craig Myers, a receiver. They ended up leaving the program last week. But the pass blocking, which would have been a strength for the offensive line, if you want to say that they've had one strength, it's been pass blocking, right? Well, they did not do a very good job. Jared Stidham was sacked four times, rushed a lot. Uh, Auburn had less than 60 plays offensively, and nine of those resulted in negative yardage. Arkansas's defensive line is okay. It's not great. It's okay. And Auburn is about to face a much tougher defensive line when they go to Mississippi State. And I'll say this. I think Southern Miss, in the end, well, not in the end, but as of right now, might actually be a better overall team than Arkansas. Now, Auburn might beat Southern Miss by more points than Arkansas, and it might look good on paper. But I do believe this Southern Miss team, from top to bottom, talent-wise, definitely at quarterback, probably has more talent than Arkansas. And I, like I, I wrote uh, Saturday night, that Arkansas team, one veteran writer told me that's been covering Arkansas for years, said it's the worst team he's seen at Arkansas. So they had Conference USA-like talent. 
and they were undisciplined. That's quite the damning information. But here's Auburn. They've still got a chance. I think that, and I've said this long long, uh, uh, before these last couple of weeks, that if Auburn finds a way to beat Mississippi State here in a, a week, I think they're probably going to go into that Georgia game on a winning streak, and they're going to be in championship contention. And then that's really when you figure out if Auburn's going to be a double-digit wins team and potentially be in the playoff picture at the end. Season's definitely not over right now. Season definitely won't be over if they lose at Mississippi State, but you can knock all those championship dreams completely out the door if the Tigers were to lose here in a week at Mississippi State. So I think this is the critical point in the year. This is when Gus Malzahn's teams usually take a step forward offensively. It needs to happen. If it doesn't happen these next two weeks, start scratching your heads, and the tougher questions are going to be coming Gus Malzahn's way because right now, they're just not an explosive offense. And I wanted to end it with this and share this stat with you about Jared Stidham. College football film room on Twitter. It's a good follow. Didn't adjust the completion percentage for throws over 10 yards down the field in the SEC among all the starters. Jared Stidham is second to last. The player ranked last is Ty Story, the Arkansas quarterback Auburn just faced. His adjusted completion percentage, Jarrett Sims adjusted completion percentage for throws 10 yards or further down the field is 43.3%. That's just bad. And the usual suspects are near the top, as you would expect. Jarrett Stidham needs to be up there in that upper echelon. He's not right now. Let's talk to Cole Kublick of the SEC Network to try and figure out more about the Tigers as he himself is on the road for the SEC Network this week. Cole, you you got to see Auburn recently up close and personal, and, of course, you've seen tape of them. I want to talk about the offense, and obviously that offensive line, which has gotten so much focus uh, right now. What do you think is kind of the missing piece there? What, what, What exactly, from your vantage point, has been the issue for this Auburn offense? I think if, if you were going to pinpoint one thing, it would be physicality. And... I don't think that's the only thing that that's holding that group back. And I also don't think that that group is the only thing holding back the offense. I think you, you got a couple guys that haven't played a lot of football together. Some guys that just hadn't played a lot of football at this level. Um, so it, it takes a little while for that continuity to build. An offensive line is only good as the group. And yeah, that's the difference between really offensive football and defensive football is defensive football one or two guys can, can make you um, on, on offense. One or two guys can break you very easily. And you get one guy missed an assignment, and all of a sudden the play's dead. You, you, you get one guy just go out and make a play on defense, and all of a sudden you, you know, it could be a turnover or a touchdown and it can be a huge play. So it's, it's more difficult to overcome uh, guys not being in sync offensively, in my opinion. So I think you look at the lack of physicality, that, that doesn't, that's not allowing them to have a real downhill run threat, which is what a lot of the offense is predicated off of from a play action standpoint, from a read RPO standpoint, read option standpoint. So I think all of those things combined, along with some inexperience in the backfield and then not really having a, a go-to back just yet. Uh, you know, it appears as though it's getting closer to, to Whitlow being the guy that sort of takes on that role, but he hasn't really asserted himself or they haven't allowed him to be, however you want to look at it, that 25, 35 carry a game back just yet. And, and I, think, you know, I, I think the quarterback has 
some issues as well. I think I think Jerry definitely could have played better. Uh, I think there have been throws that he's missed. There have been receivers that routes that have been open that he's missed, and there's been times that he's left the pocket when he shouldn't have. Now that's not every incompletion. That's not every time they hadn't gotten things going. But I just uh, I guess my point is I think there's enough blame to go around, but specifically on the offensive line, I would say a lack of physicality, a lack of continuity uh, have been the two things that I've seen that, that are holding that group back. You mentioned Jared Stidham there uh, missing some some guys. Um, and it's something that's been going on even in the Washington game and last season as well. I thought he played a heck of a game in the Washington game, and he, he seemingly has not uh, been able to repeat that performance or come close to it. Um, and it's possible maybe those two turnovers against LSU has really gotten in his head. But from watching him, is he putting his eyes down? Is he just simply not looking upfield? Does he simply have field blindness, so to speak, when he's looking upfield and he's just not seeing the jerseys and he's worrying a little bit too much about the pressure? I mean, obviously he's probably the only one who could truly answer this, but from your expertise and what you've seen, what's happening there to make him miss these guys and not put up the numbers that maybe he quite should be right now? I think my the only thing that I would really be able to come to a conclusion on would be a lack of confidence in, in him just not having full confidence in either the guys in front of him or the routes that's, that are called or the play fakes that are being made and having enough time. I, I, I do think his eyes are drifting a little bit. I think his eyes are coming down uh, from, from, from keeping his eyes downfield, and, and maybe that's focused on pressure. Maybe that's focused on – his outlet throw, like you said, none, none of us can really answer that because we don't know. Um, but I know he has confidence in himself and his ability. It's just a matter of rhythm and timing, in my opinion. And, and I don't know if he's been given a good enough shot to be able to develop that rhythm and timing. So, again, I think offensively, it's just it's a couple of issues that are compounded as opposed to, well, player A is not playing well or player B is not playing well. I think there's a combination of guys that – are not playing at a high level and not executing at a high level. And that can slow you down very quickly. At this point in the season, you know, you're going into game five, you're almost at the midway point and you're about to hit a stretch. If you're Auburn where it's nothing but sec games from here on out, except for a non-conference game between the deep South oldest rivalry and the iron bowl. Do you consider trying to change some things schematically or is it at this point a little bit too difficult to do? And as a former player, is it too difficult to do at this point in the season? Well, when you say schematically, Brandon, I don't, I don't think you go in and say, okay, we're going we're to put in the triple option. Or, you know, you don't go in and say, okay, we're going from a zone scheme and gap scheme runs now back to isolation runs or something, you know, something of that nature. Now, uh, we've done that. When I, when I was at Auburn, before we went and played Georgia, we actually put in zone scheme and put in a single back counter that they had never seen. We had a, a bye week before. And we put in a couple of new runs that ended up working out for us. Um, now, are you going to do that for the rest of the season? Probably not. But what I, what I do think could happen is maybe you change the emphasis of who you are and, and maybe you change the initial groundwork of plays that you're going to build around. So each, each offense has a base set of plays and they build around that. There's attachments off that. There's additions off that. And maybe you go into this Southern Miss game with the emphasis on a downhill run game again. And if it doesn't happen the way that you want, you potentially look at, okay, we, we need to change what our initial emphasis is going to be moving forward, as in it's going to be a lot more quick throws, a lot more perimeter throws. 
and it's going to be a lot more spread formations to try to empty the box, which will maybe even open up some of our run game between the tackles a little bit later. So those are the things, in my opinion, or or the way maybe in my opinion that things could be handled moving moving forward, that you get a bit of a change, you alter what you do and kind of who you are, but you don't necessarily get away from what you're good at. You just, you, you make a living another way and you're still doing the same things to make that living. Is this a team that can compete for the SEC West Championship considering uh, just, I mean, goodness, how, how untouchable at times it seems Alabama is this year, especially offensively, and they continue to do what they're doing defensively. Can Auburn do that at this point? Well, I think the defense can keep them in every game because they are playing at a high level. And one thing that I thought they were going to lack coming into the season was an elite edge guy. And you've seen Nick Coe start to be that guy at times. I think uh, Markavius Big Cat Bryant has sort of been the guy that, that looks like he may be able to be a terror off the edge. You saw in this last game, Kevin Steele actually bringing more pressure. So he's shown that he's not afraid to go out and apply more pressure to teams when – he, he's not certain about the kind of push that they're going to get. And I think he took a little bit from the LSU game in that, you know, LSU only went a straight five-man drop three times in that game. So they only they only used five-man protection, just the five offensive linemen, three times in, I believe, 36 pass plays. Now, four of those were screens, so you don't really count those. But teams are looking to keep the tight end, keep the running back, keep both, maybe even more in, in protection because they know how good that Auburn defensive line is, and then they'll just take their chances down the field. So even though it kind of worked against LSU, the defense still had a really good day against LSU, but it kind of worked late, whereas they were able to find a way to make a few plays. So uh, I think the defense can keep them in every game. If they can if they can maybe find a little something with Nick Brahms at center, get a little bit more physical, build some continuity on the offensive line, yeah, I think Whitlow can be a really good back in the SEC. I think they have t- enough talent at receiver if Jared Stidham begins to get comfortable and begins to find his way they can be an offense that grows into one that's pretty good in the SEC. So, you know, I, I tend to look at it right now as opportunity as opposed to just this miserable road ahead that nobody thinks that they can navigate at Mississippi State, at Georgia, at Alabama. To me, those are those are opportunistic games where you're going to be able to play yourself into the college football playoff as opposed to people who just say, well, there's too much left on the schedule. There's no way they can get it done. I'm not ready to rule them out just yet because I do think that there are still some things that are easily correctable that could get this team back on track. You're in Lexington this week, and there's been some, uh, you know, not necessarily surprising teams, but I I say if if there is a surprising team in the SEC, it's probably Kentucky, and they get South Carolina this week. And you've got a lot of folks just cleanly picking uh, South Carolina in this game. Uh, what do you make of Kentucky's uh, run so far? And, and looking at their schedule, I mean, if they were to get through South Carolina, it's it's possible this Kentucky team could win 10 games. I know we're going way ahead of ourselves, but uh, does it just all start with that running back? And, man, have I been impressed with their defense. What are you expecting out of them this week as they face South Carolina? Yeah, the defense has been fantastic. Matt House has done a nice job. And, and I think the defensive line is, is really where you have to give a lot of credit because coming into the season, that's the area of concern for that group. You knew the second level uh, with Cash Daniel back, Josh Allen on the outside, we're going to be able to cause problems. You knew the third level of the defense with guys like Chris Westry and Mike Edwards, they were going to be a solid third level of that defense. But nobody really knew if the D-line was going to be able to hold up. And I, I do think that that defensive line – has exceded expectations so far. I mean, they've moved Adrian Milton down inside. 
Uh, you've had Quinn Bohan a little bit banged up this year, so they're not even at full strength and not even what we thought they were going to be before the season, but they've been a big reason that that defense has been successful. And when you can control the game and control the tempo offensively, that gives you a gigantic advantage. So uh, I think the offensive line, the middle three especially, Stenberg, Jackson, and uh, Stallings have played exceptional football. They're getting help with a good group of tight ends led by C.J. Conrad. And they've, had, they've added a dynamic playmaker at quarterback. I, I think that's been the big difference. And, you know, we didn't know going into the season if it was going to be Gunnar Hoke or if it was going to be uh, touchdown Terry. But, you know, he's ended up being a phenomenal athlete at that position. And I do think Terry Wilson is still more athlete than quarterback. But I, I, I see potential in him where he could work his way into being a quarterback who happens to be a really good athlete. But he gives you elite speed on the edge, and he forces defenses to respect that. And, and that makes a huge difference for how Eddie Grant calls plays. Lynn Bowden's getting a little more comfortable at receiver. He can provide you a big play threat deep down the field, which keeps safeties at bay. And the, the most impressive thing, Brandon, I, those guys, they just play as a team. They know who they are. They accept who they are. They're not trying to be something that they're not. They play with a chip on their shoulder. But, you know, they, they, they relish that underdog role. They, they relish the fact that nobody really respects them. And, and they just sort of have a lot of guys that have played a lot of football together, and that's extremely valuable in this league. So it's been impressive to watch. It's been fun to watch. We'll learn a lot more about both of these teams, I think, Saturday night. You can ch- check that out on the SEC Network Saturday at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Cole will be there providing great analysis, as he always does. I want to get your quick thoughts on just Mississippi State hosting Florida this weekend. Uh, Mississippi State, of course, just lost to Kentucky on the road 28-7, to so they fell a little bit. But uh, a lot of intriguing uh, matchups on the field, but of course off the field with Dan Mullen returning to Starkville after coaching Mississippi State for 10 seasons. I think it's going to be a very fun game, if not a little, uh, little, uh, I guess, uh, uh, little dirty, in the, uh, at least in the stands. I think, I think the fans are, are kind of uh, upset at Dan. But this, this could be a very, very fun game to watch, I think. I think it's going to be insane. I think it's going to be the most raucous environment that we've seen this year in all of college football. Uh, I think it's going to be extremely intense. That revenge game is not one that's easy to play in. I can remember when I was at Auburn and first year under Tommy Tuberville, that old Miss group came back to play against us, and they knew all of our checks. They knew all of our calls. They were calling out plays by formation, and it was a nightmare. And then you just got a different level of intensity also. So – I don't think you really understand that and you don't realize what that's going to be until you get in that game and you get two, three series in and you know what an SEC game is like, you know what SEC competition is like, but then all of a sudden it ends up being just a little bit different. It's a little bit more and and that's kind of tough to deal with. So uh, it's, it's going to mean more to the Mississippi state players and the Mississippi state fans and the challenge that Dan Mullen has is he has to sell this game as just another SEC matchup. And I know you say just another SEC matchup is still an important game, but that extra meaning is not there for the Florida players. And maybe Dan coaches a little bit tight. Maybe he puts in more. Either way, that's a very difficult ask because Coach Moorhead's not going to have to do anything extra to have those guys up and ready to play this football game. I think I think Mississippi State's a more physical team, and that's the main reasons that I think Mississippi State actually gets to win in that game. You can catch Cole on his show, Three Man Front, on Jocks FM in Birmingham. And, of course, on the web, you can listen to it anywhere. And, of course, Cole's on your TV sets every weekend with the SEC Network and some great SEC football. Cole, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it.
Hey, thanks for having me, Brandon. I appreciate it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Thanks for joining me. I've been your host, Brandon Marcello, editor of AuburnUndercover.com. Make sure to go to our website for much more coverage. Sign up for a VIP subscription. Try us out for seven days. If you don't like it, no money out of your pocket. But give us a try. I think you'll like it. We'll see you next week.